Hey, everybody. Welcome to Roger and Me, better known as Roger parentheses, Ebert, close parentheses, and me, a movie review podcast, better yet, a Siskel and Ebert tribute podcast in which myself, Brett Arnold, and film critic Mark Dusick of MarkReviewsMovies.com aim to review every movie that comes out every Friday. Uh, as listeners of the show know, I now have a what six-week-old daughter at home, and you know that aim to is becoming more of an aim than a actual uh, uh, end product here at the show. W- Although I think I'm doing a good job. I saw seven movies this week, and we will be talking about all seven of those. But my co-host, Mark, above and beyond, he saw 15 movies this week. I don't even know where you find some of these movies that are alleged to be coming out this week. A lot, One of them, a very rare zero stars from Mark. Yeah, um, that one's Squealer. It's one of, I believe, half of the movies being released that I covered are from Lionsgate somehow. No, I th- there's like four, three or four Lionsgate movies, and that's one of them, and it's awful. It attempts to be this really gross serial killer thriller, and it doesn't function even as being gross because the visual effects are so cheap and the lighting is so terrible. You would you would go crazy the lighting for coverage in this. It is it is ridiculous how they just threw lights up in these grimy places. <laughs> Didn't even bother with atmosphere. I it's a mess. It's just awful. Well, it's hard to warn people against something they've already never heard of. But Exactly. Do not watch Squealer. Apparently it's very bad. That's one of those ones I actually did get uh, an email asking if I wanted a screener and it had the vibe of this isn't a real movie <laughs> and I I ignored <laughs> it and uh, sometimes that works out every now and then you'll log something and I'm like shit I have to go back and watch that but this one I said no I will not go back and watch <laughs> it um, and there are god six more five more movies that you watched that I didn't on your website uh, a couple Netflixes uh, a couple documentaries. So if you want the full exhaustive, if you're pedantic about it and you want to know what came out the week of Friday, November 3rd, and you want an exhaustive list, you go to markreviewsmovies.com. If you want the normal, normie version. <laughs> yeah, normal is good. <laughs> the nor- <laughs> the less effort uh, we tried and we saw most things, including stuff that I would argue people still haven't heard of. Have, has anyone heard of the Marsh King's daughter, part of the Marsh Girl cinematic universe that apparently is also a, a part of a, you know, a, it seems to be an entire section at Barnes and Noble now is Marsh Girl books. Uh, thanks to where the crawdad sing, I would imagine. I don't know if that was a late stage one or if that is the catalyst. We'll talk about that. Um, we have a Meg Ryan rom-com that sounds great on paper with David Duchovny. Meg Ryan, she directed it. She helped write it. Somehow it's one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. We'll talk about it. Uh, there's a new Alexander Payne movie with Paul Giamatti. There's a new Sandra Oh and Aquafina movie uh, that is better than you think it is. Uh, let's just get right into it. Uh, there's no need to preview things. I don't know why I do this. Thank you to those who heeded my call to rate and review the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcast. I see you. To quote Jake Sully from Avatar or something. Maybe it's Natiri. I don't know. 
Uh, but thank you. I see your reviews. Uh, it really helps the show. It helps our self-esteem. Uh, I do look for them constantly. So please post the new review for us. Give us a review if you haven't. Jump on a different platform if you listen on you know, a different one that doesn't allow ratings. Jump on over from Podbean and give us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We're getting right into the show. Here is the first movie of the week. Let's go with Alexander Payne's The Holdovers, starring Paul Giamatti. Sir, I don't understand. That's glaringly apparent. I can't fail this class. Oh, don't sell yourself short, Mr. Coates. I truly believe that you can. Every year at Barton Academy, students, faculty, and staff depart the campus for a two-week winter break. But there are always an unfortunate few who have nowhere to go for the holidays. They're known as the holdovers. Mr. Hunnam. Hello, Mary. I heard you got stuck with babysitting duty this year. How'd you manage that? You know, he used to be a student, right? Yeah, that's why he knows how to inflict maximum pain on us. I thought all the Nazis were hiding in Argentina. Stifle it, Tully. You just earned yourself a detention, sir. Being here with you is already one big detention. Son of a bitch, that's another detention. Do you think I want to be babysitting you? No, I was praying your mother would pick up the phone or your father would arrive in a helicopter or a flying saucer. My father's to take dead. The Holdovers, I love that trailer, by the way. I hadn't seen that. I it's hadn't so seen it great. either. It is. It's, it's perfect. It sets that tone. It sets the whole, just the whole idea behind the film, which is like this sort of throwback to those comedies in the 70s that we would get where it's about complex characters in very understandable simple situations just interacting and being funny and it works on that level and it works because it has such great characters and such a great cast and it's you know headlined by Paul Giamatti who I I love his work with Alexander Payne in Sideways that was it became like my favorite movie of that year when it came out after a few viewings of it. And yeah. so having this reunion is great. Um, it's I, yeah, I don't, uh, that's the simple setup is that it's this boarding school in new England and a bunch of kids who don't have anywhere to go for the holidays or the parents don't want them to come home are there. And this kid um, who is a newcomer played by Dominic Sessa. He's, this is like his first ever movie performance, his first performance in on a screen ever. And he's fantastic here. I don't know where they found this guy, but he's great. Um, his parents, his mother and stepfather are going to go on this tropical vacation. And they're like, no, we need a honeymoon. So you're staying at the school. And so he, you know, is stuck there with this teacher who everybody hates. He teaches classical history nobody likes him and he doesn't seem to like them at all and that's just the conflict it's just the two of them butting heads and it's really funny and then you have another character played by uh uh Devine joy randolph who's the mother of a student who went off to vietnam and was killed in vietnam and she's grieving him and she grounds this movie in such a fantastic way i'm rambling already i hate that I'm rambling no, already I, i'm happy to it's the first time I haven't interrupted you in the history of the podcast. So I was happy to I was happy to let it go. Um yeah, this is a great movie. It's the, it's such a decidedly old-fashioned thing, like right from the top where they have these not just vintage logos, they invented a fake f- Focus Features 70s style logo for this movie to signify like don't worry, this is a nice, warm, cozy, nostalgic thing that they don't make anymore. And it is exactly that. It delivers on that. It is like, 
a perfect, you know, not just Christmas movie, but like that long break that like in college was like a month or whatever uh, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, that whole that whole holiday break. It's a great fall break movie. Um, and I think because of that, I was watching it as like, you know, a Scrooge narrative. Like he's a Scrooge character. So I was watching it in that vein and it really hits uh, that like, you know, classic movie where you're watching a Scrooge type have a heart and be softened over time and realize it's never too old to learn to have empathize and change and like everybody what this movie is really about is like you know everybody has their story that you don't know uh and that's you know why they act the way they act and um if you get to know other people maybe you can uh you know there's like there's warmth and kindness to this movie that it just it's so it's it's so simple right like i'm trying to describe it in these grandiose terms but it's really just like a nice movie about three la- so, uh, sad lonely people who you know kind of commiserate together and are lonely together instead of apart and um you know the way that the character details reveal themselves it's all very well done it's just like a nice movie it's hard to describe which is funny that it turns out to be so nice because Giamatti is so pitch perfectly mean and cruel. Yeah, the Scrooge figure, the is Scrooge perfect. thing, because yeah. he's God. You could, I could listen to him call these kids Philistines and whatever the fuck else he calls them. He the, the insults he hurls at these kids, they um, they somehow never get old, and he never stops doing it. And it is so delightful. It's charming, even though he's such an asshole. Yeah, he's terrible. The other kid, even though, you know, he's grieving, he's also kind of terrible. But there are these little sneaky moments, just the way that Giamatti's character talks to actually actually talks to uh, Joy Randolph's character, the, the head cook. Nobody else does. Nobody else at the school does. Even the even the students and the faculty and administration who talk to her don't talk to her like on a level of like we are having a conversation as people and he stands up for her in the background when no one could see it all that stuff sneaks up on you though the kid the who's the main kid who's stuck there helps this kid this younger kid who wet the bed because he was homesick and he's just yeah. very kind and gentle and understanding with them and you realize oh these two characters who seem terrible on some level can't be all that bad there has to be something to them and you do see that relationship build up and it's such it's so warm hearted and i was not expecting it to get to that level where i was genuinely affected by where all three of these stories go and how it gets there and what they have to not only overcome but also the simple ways that they do it of just being together with people not necessarily these three specifically just with people and understanding that there is that connection i yeah and i really 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 like this movie and i i don't know if i was surprised by that because you know alexander Payne pain had yeah downsizing exactly. which was a uh huge uh drop in quality from his other stuff but definitely yeah, nice... an ambitious work that i think some people have already started reclaiming but i i'm not quite oh, there that's, yet i have i have to that's weird <laughs> yeah that's but a weird think, one to reclaim. But this movie feels very much like Payne saying, like bouncing back from a movie like that that failed and saying, let's get back to what I'm good at, which is like 
you know, portraits of these like sad people that are darkly really funny and sweet. And it is, it feels like it's akin to it, like uh, more fitting with this other, you know, earlier work. But it also feels like, as, you know, as we said, just like a throwback to a different type of movie that even he hasn't made. Just like an old fashioned, nothing groundbreaking to say other than, you know, everyone has baggage they're dealing with and maybe be nice to them. I feel like is the lesson of this movie. Uh, there's such a great running gag with his eye, his, his wall eye, uh, which like, how did they do it? Is it CGI? It's, I have so many questions. It's brilliantly done. Is that just really, is, is Giamatti that just good? Be, is he that good? Is that is an actual that glass eye and that yeah. it's just, you know, looks authentic. And yeah. I, and does it actually switch places? I started to doubt myself. It does. Like, it wait, does wait, places. I swore it's, wait, but does it? it? Absolutely. Because it, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. You're good, good you know question. what I mean? Because I we have I the do. question, is he that good of an actor or was it, you know, just a mistake? I, it feels like a continuity error at first. Then you realize, yeah. oh no, that's kind of a thing. And then there's a deeper question. <laughs> is the character doing that? <laughs> that just throw people yeah. off? Because that seems like something he might do. It's, yeah. yeah, but you're right. It's a really funny gag and it does pay off. So I was not expecting it to pay off, but it does in a way that is very touching that like, this is a secret that he has that yeah. nobody else knows about. And the yeah. way that he reveals that is so, yeah, there's just so much good stuff here. There's something I feel like some people are chafing up against just like the fact that the movie maybe is a little prescriptive or something like it's just openly sentimental and just kind of like does what it says on the tin. Of, I don't know. I'm not mad at it, but I've seen those criticisms. But I feel like if you go in expecting like, I don't know, some people... I don't want to oversell it, but I don't want to undersell it either. Like, I think it's really great, but I think it's very simple, low key, just like it's like a warm hug of a movie. I don't know if it's going to like, I'm going to remember it at the end of the year, but I guess the end of the year is very soon. So I probably will. Yeah. Um, it's, it's already November. Uh, it's already November. So I'm sure I will. And like, it is, it does feel like he's going to get Oscar nominated for this. And I would love for him to win for this. Uh, Paul Giamatti. And any other nomination, I would go, great. Yeah, they also deserved it. Um, so it's a really good movie. And um, yeah, don't let people sell it short because it just is a nice little movie that doesn't have higher ambition than having like a very nice message of just kindness, you know? So yeah. uh, is there, I mean, is there yeah. a higher ambition than that? Just getting to know no. other human beings and to relate to them in some way and understand that we all have some, kind you know of what? You're right. And, yeah. Is there, is there a higher, is there a higher priority than that? I don't know. As someone I, who's like a loner by nature, who goes to movies by themselves, preferably like would much rather go by myself than organize something with a group. Like I get the instinct to be a loner. And then I watch a movie like this or like anytime I actually experience something, like what the movie is depicting, like actually getting out of your shell, going out to the bar and getting meeting up with people for the first time in a while. Every time you do that, you're glad you did and you wish you did it more. And this movie made me feel that way. It made me feel like, damn, I really should, you know, pick up the phone when people call and shit like that. It, and like, that's a that's a good movie. If it can inspire hopeful life change, <laughs> that's a good movie. So I'm going three and a half. For holdovers i really like oh it. nice yeah i'm three and a half too i'm a big fan of this it is that it's, it's gonna become a nice comfort movie i think for 
I agree. A lot of people, myself included, if they put out a good physical release, I'm just going to say that right now. Focus, get a get a 4K because it's going to look amazing. Yeah, in 4K. I'm trying to think that New England cool. backdrop with the snow and everything. That open the opening where the town looks like a model almost. Oh yeah, they, yeah. that's sort of like Social Network. I know that Fincher did that effect in Social Network where everything looks yeah. sort of like a model in those establishing shots. He Payne does that here, and it just looks like this like model town that you'd have underneath a Christmas tree. It's it's just lovely yeah. to look at. I'm trying to think if Focus Features has ever put out a 4K before. They must have. Probably not. But yeah, who knows? Maybe. Hopefully this is the first one. If That'd be I, nice. someone could prove me wrong very easily. I have not Googled this. This is unvetted information. Um, <laughs> I really like this movie. I hope people seek it out. I agree. That's why I said it's like not just a Christmas movie. It really feels like perennial. You'll watch it just like when the there's a the, you know a chill is in the air and the the leaves are falling it's like it's time for the holdovers uh i i think it's really great now let's pivot to something that is truly spectacularly awful i couldn't believe how bad this was people are giving this a strange pass mark i don't know if you've noticed this too there's a lot of like not just like middling reviews there's a lot of like glowing reviews that i have questions about did we see the same film I'm looking for my connection. We were rerouted through um, wherever it is we are. Hello, Wilhelmina. Hello, William. How have you been? Oh, for the last 20 years. 25, maybe. I've been 49 forever and ever and ever. Wow, lucky you. I feel like I've been in my 50s since my 20s. <laughs> That's so true. You don't have to agree with me. Attention, Boston and Austin passengers. Those flights have been delayed until further notice. Just those two flights? Just us. Yes. That's unbelievable. unbelievable. They're saying this could be bad. The storm of the century. What are you worried about? Everything. I was diagnosed with anticipatory anxiety. Is that a real thing? Oh, yeah. Right now, I'm worried that we're lost. Look around. We are looking around. Look around. Looking around. Relax. You're already living out your worst case scenario. What, being stuck here with you? Yeah. You make a good point. Seems charming, right? Somehow, it really isn't. It is fucking interminable. It is akin to being delayed at the airport overnight on accident when you didn't plan to. Or getting a plane delay, which is what the movie's about. So I guess good job for evoking that very well. But it does not make for a compelling movie. It is the longest hour 45 minute movie I've ever seen. It felt longer than Killers of the Flower Moon. It's unbelievable. Did you feel the same way I did? I mean, one and a half from you is pretty brutal. But do you, do you feel this passion that I'm feeling about how bad it was? I feel more disappointment that it is such a good idea in theory and then it does it does feel like it goes on forever and that last 30 minutes or so is just what what are you doing what is going on here it's just delaying and holding off everything that it wants to get at and it doesn't have much to get at either all the cutesy elements like the omniscient fucking airport uh yeah. not the narrator but like the guy the announcer, on the, just, the announcer. Yeah. that shit like in a better movie would be cute but in this movie comes off so annoying and repetitive and this movie just beats you over the head with its central premise of they're on a plane and they're a misconnection technically literally misconnection at the airport blah 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 get the pun and then they're also a misconnection relationship wise and the movie keeps being like you're going to miss your connection 
And I just, I couldn't believe how bad. Sorry. I couldn't yeah. believe All... how silly it was. Yeah, all that cutesy stuff with the announcer, with the signs in the airport, giving advice and telling them what to do and having like, you know, the bar be, I don't even remember what the bar was. I just, I just rolled my eyes at it because it had something yeah. to do with what is going on in this situation. It's, it's all that stuff keeps popping up. And there was a point where I started thinking, are these two in limbo? Did they die in a plane crash? Is this a lost episode of lost or something that is happening before us? No, it's just, it's just there. The characters never acknowledge the fact that the announcer is answering their questions over the loudspeaker. That feels like a detail that's added on later. Or it's just, is it actually happening? I don't know. It's so confusing. But I did appreciate the central idea, which is what happens after a romantic comedy ends when you have the characters meet cute and get together and all that stuff. What happens? Well, it turns out 25 years later, they broke up you know, 25 years ago, they had a lot of stuff happen to them. They're still kind of thinking like, oh, I wonder what would have happened if that relationship had worked out. And they meet by chance and they get to hash it out. That's a really smart, clever idea. And this movie wasted entirely. It wasted entirely by having this gimmick of the airport, by having the characters talk around everything for so long that they don't get to the meat of the conversation they need to be having. So it wastes all that potential. The characters just keep talking around everything. They don't get to the heart of what they're supposed to be doing. It wasted by having this gimmick of the airport that doesn't function in any way except to be cutesy. And then it just they just wander around the airport, they get drunk and they dance and they still talk around everything that they're trying to talk about. It's so irritating because it could have been fun. I like Meg Ryan, obviously, and I like David Duchovny, who's also really good at just being, you know, straight face and deadpan. He's good at that and he's funny doing that. But I, I, all that fun of just watching these two kind of interact in that cutesy way, it fades real quick. And it doesn't have anywhere to go. And it's so it's so disappointing yeah. because and it, it has work. that like I know the movie's trying to reveal things slowly and, and, and stuff, but like when you just meet these people right up top and they start talking about their bullshit that doesn't make any sense to you because you don't know them, it's just like who like this isn't charming or interesting. This isn't before sunrise or before you know, where it's like beautiful dialogue that makes you think about your own life and it's br- brilliant. Like this is just garbage. They're talking about nothing. My favorite is like the kids the- these days. They're talking about the kids these days. God, I forgot about that. I you know everything is underlined to such a degree that it just becomes if it were funny it wouldn't be by the time it gets there but like it's so lazy just the characterizations are just archetypes it's like he's such an anxiety-ridden guy who's good at math and she's a manic pixie dream girl who's so kooky she carries around a rain stick it's just like so broad it feels like a parody of itself and then if once to set, you know, that's fine. Is it a parody? And you're like, no, not really. So I can't choose between like, is it a throwback rom-com? Is it a parody of one? Is this purgatory? It doesn't choose any lane. It just is the most boring version of itself. It's so low rent. The dialogue sucks. It looks terrible. It is not well directed. It looks like you're in a fucking airport. It looks terrible. There's no, in- there's no interesting shot composition, lighting choices, it's a Hallmark movie more than a charming rom-com. I mean, like, what a genius idea. What if a movie took place at an airport in the middle of the night during a layover? Like, no thanks. I, I try my hardest to avoid that experience. 
and there's such plot contrivances like their their name and initial being the same oh, just so just so they can set up that one fucking thing later like everything about it just it lacks not just charm but like basic competence i would i couldn't believe what i was watching truly i thought it was terrible i feel that the whole thing with the w davis that feels like something that would have been a me cute if this movie if this movie were set you know yeah whatever like whatever would have been like 30 years ago i think was when their relationship started maybe that's how they met maybe that's a little detail that we we never get to learn about that it's just they just please check your connection they wax nostalgic about the good parts of the relationship and they kind of talk around what happened to the actual relationship to make it end and it doesn't it doesn't work. I'm, I don't, I, I'm shocked it's not called like misconnection. And I don't know why. I, it must be called what happens later because not now, a fucking thing happens <laughs> now. Yeah, it leaves us wondering like, wait, what's going to happen next? And I don't really care. That's the wrong way to leave us hanging here. But yeah. what's interesting is it's based on a play. If this will come as well, a shock, very two hander in yeah. one location <laughs> with a lot of dialogue. The, the, the play is called Shooting Star just to confuse things even more like why would it be called that just to throw that in there i don't know if you noticed that during the credits but now you get to wonder why why would it have been called shooting star that doesn't make oh, any sense either. brother yeah just call it the thing you're clearly nudging yeah. us at the whole fucking time connection misconnection uh layover whatever the fuck it's everything about it's so cliche he's gotta he's gotta make it out in time for his girl's recital or some bullshit yeah it's all just <laughs> It's a cliche factory, which isn't aware that it is one. It seems earnest. It doesn't seem like it's a parody. It like there's even a moment where there's like a poster for a rom com that just says rom com on it, and I'm like, yeah. are you trying to subvert this, or are you like, what are you saying? It just, it just sucks, man. This is a one star movie. Like it's so bad, I was like going to you know tell my mom about it because it's a Meg Ryan rom com. And I'm like, I'm not even going to waste her time with this. Like, this movie sucked. It's a one-star movie for me. Very generous, I, get I would say. I yeah. get that instinct. I have to go on one and a half. But I do get the instinct because it is. Oh, boy. Ugh, just like so self-indulgent and annoying and typical. Every, you know, movie that traffics in rom-com stuff talks about fate and stuff like that. And it deals with all that bullshit. And yeah, I don't know. It, it it's not a good movie we can move on uh let's talk about a movie that is a searchlight picture that's going straight to hulu as they are wont to do uh it stars sandra oh and aquafina in the opposite roles from them that you might expect they flip them from like what you might expect to hear from aquafina uh the character character wise and yet she's still definitely giving an aquafina performance here is quiz lady Yes. Hi, I have some bad news. We lost your mom. What? Sorry, that was terrible phrasing. I meant we don't know where she is. Oh, I think your sister's here. Annie, it's finally happened. Oh my God, it's okay. It's okay. I'm here. We're over. Oh my God, you're orphan Annie. She's not dead. She ran away. Tough bitch. And yum. Your mom owes me 80 grand. When you have it, you'll get your dog back. I don't have any money. You can sell your eggs. I mean, it's not like you're using them. No, there has to be another way. What is the square root of 196? 14. Correct. How many hearts does an octopus have? Three. Correct. What? Saffron. Saturn. Aphrodite. Apollo. Aries. Carbon dioxide. The equal sign. 
Correct. Oh my God. What? You know this game. This is how you're going to make the money. I'm taking out of the quiz. Look out. Racist. Oh. Hi. So I just want to put on the record that I think Aquafina should grow up and change her fucking name so I can stop saying Aquafina when I talk about her. It's 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 it's, it's degrading for both of us, I think. I don't think either of us want to be saying that. Um anyway, Aquafina, Sandra O, oh, Quiz Lady, kind of an old-fashioned like road buddy comedy, I guess you'd call this. Very understated and good Will Ferrell performance in this, I thought. I was surprised by him. Uh, and there's also a very um, surprising cameo that uh, hits different nowadays than it would have if this movie came out a while back. Um, what is this movie? Um, it is technically a mess, and I don't care because it's really funny, and that's, yeah. that's all that matters. Funny it's is funny, funny, and it's this is charming. Funny. It is charming. Yes. It is, and it's mostly because of Aquafina and Sandra O, oh, who are both really, really good here and sell jokes that you can see coming a mile away and also yeah. make jokes that you can see coming like, you know, a few feet away feel different. That's yeah. stuff with at the bar with all the Phillies fans. That's really funny. And it's yeah, it's it's stuff of every single other movie, but there's a specificity to it that's like, oh, okay, I get what you're doing here. You're riffing on Philadelphia fans, and that's they're kind of notorious for being, you know, Philadelphia fans. And it's funny. And it's it's good natured fun and all that stuff too. Yeah. The stuff with Tony Hale as either Ben Franklin, a Ben Franklin impersonator, or someone who is associated with Ben Franklin at a hotel. Yeah. That should not be funny, but it's really funny. Yeah. Um, you're right about Will Farrell. It's it's inspired casting for anyone who grew up with him on SNL playing Heard Alex Ferguson. Trebek. Yeah. <laughs> now he's played yeah. a version of Alex Trebek, who's like the ideal father-like figure who's on TV every day. And some people, yeah. you know, grow up watching him. And that's Aquafina's character, who grows up watching this quiz show, knows everything about general trivia and general knowledge that you can. And through this elaborate thing with her mom running away to Macau and her dog being abducted by her mom's bookie. And Sandra O's character, her sister, ending up living with her, ends up on this trip to go on the show. And that's that's the plot. And there's so much stuff happening that's unnecessary. But again, I didn't care because so much of the joke, so many of the jokes are funny, and the two of them are so good at it. And the supporting cast is fantastic too. There's Farrell, there's also Jason Schwartzman who shows up as the ideal smarmy quiz show contestant out of nowhere. Like it just yeah. He nails that so much. He he's nails that so I, perfectly. Yeah, he's always great. I love him. As a big Jeopardy fan, I specifically just love that this movie seems to be really talking a lot of shit about Ken Jennings. Yes. And I appreciate <laughs> that. As someone who's gotten into Twitter beefs with Ken Jennings in the past because he tells really... Unf or back when he didn't have the job, he would tweet very insensitive jokes and he thought he was very funny and I called him out once and he was very rude in response. So yeah, I appreciate as someone with Ken Jennings beef, them bringing their own Ken Jennings beef into it. And yeah, Schwartzman's great. Everyone is funny in it. I agree, man. Like I didn't want to give in to this movie because I it is a mess. And like I don't care about the dog and the money and the plot and shit like that. It's all very cliche and stupid. But that's the difference. Like a good good performers and good jokes can do to to, to pretty stale material. 
is they can, you know, make it funny. And it is funny enough. And honestly, it's more the emotional beat that surprised me and actually worked and made me go, ah, it's fine. Give it a it was definitely a two and a half for me, but eventually it tipped itself to a three. That is so funny. I think we're both thinking about the exact same moment. That was what pushed it over for me too, because I was so surprised. Like, oh, I do like these characters and I like this relationship and it feels authentic. I wasn't expecting that yeah. to happen. But there is that moment that you realize, oh, this is actually kind of touching. And it is it, it's gotten to us through the humor and it's gotten to us through the performances. I wasn't expecting that beat, but yeah. it happens and it's so good. Yeah. So that's why it's not a two and a half and it's a three. Uh, definitely like a, a mildly. It's a funny movie. Nothing you'll I don't know if I'll remember it in a few months uh, type of thing, but it was totally watchable. And if you're looking for something to make, you know, divert your attention and laugh for a couple hours or under under a couple of hours. It uh, it'll get the job done. I'm giving it the pass. I'm giving it the three. Yeah, I'm giving it three as well. It's totally worth totally worth checking out. All right, especially this, if you like the two of them. Yes, absolutely. They're they're both really fun. Having a lot of fun, clearly in it. Um, all right, and this next one we can also agree on, but in the other direction, it stinks. Uh, this is Apple's fingernails. Weirdly, I think this guy's other movie was called Apples, wasn't it? <laughs> and it wasn't on. Wait, Apple. is it that guy? I didn't realize that. It is. It oh, is that man. guy. Oh, apples was good. Yeah, oh, I remember liking that more than this. I didn't make also. that. I didn't yeah, make that it'd be funny if Apple bought his collection, so it could be apples, apple on app, apples on apple. Um, but fingernails is on Apple, and it's got Jesse Buckley and uh, the Bear. What's that guy's name? Uh, Jeremy Allen White. White. Yeah, uh, it's. And I haven't uh, watched got, the bear yet, so there we go. Okay, it's a good show. And he then keeps popping Riz up Ahmed, in Indies. He does. He was in Fremont as well. And if yeah. you're a, a TV person, you probably know him from Shameless before uh, the Bear for many, many years. All right, and uh, here's a trailer for Fingernails. I promise we'll play it now. Have you guys taken the test? Yeah. Three years ago, we were positive. Felt like a weight had been lifted. I founded this institute to take the risk out of love. No more uncertainty. No more wondering if you've chosen the right partner. No more divorce. We were the first to build the machines to conduct the test to make the bond of love stronger. I really want to work here. A lot of famous people study there. Really? Like who? Ginger Spice. She's my favorite. I know. So you'll be shadowing Amir. He's already one of our most successful instructors. What's the one thing you love most about Maria? Take your time. I love her hair. It's soft. This is a movie that confounded me, Mark. I think because the performances are so good, everyone's really good. Jesse Buckley, Riz Ahmed, Jeremy Allen White, Luke Wilson, who's underutilized, but very good. Everyone's so good that I think I was almost giving it a pass. And then like by the end, it like hit me. I'm like, oh, no, wait, this isn't good at all. <laughs> this isn't a good movie. The premise is like it's so fixated on the idea of fingernails being the thing like that is the test. And I'll tell you what it is. The movie is literally like they rip your fingernail off and they can tell if your relationship 
with your loved with your boyfriend or girlfriend or your husband or wife is the real deal if there's real love there or not it's like a sci-fi premise that they have some bullshit about why that is like the hearts is in the fingernail or some some bunch of bullshit but it just like it throws this premise out there which i think is an interesting premise that's ripe for like a relationship examination comedy like a like a yorgos lanthimos thing or something but why was this so underwhelming it feels like it has the one not a joke but like it's a one joke premise or it's a one idea premise and then I get to watch like the most boring version of that, like a love triangle where she's like not sure who she loves, but there's like a test that tells you and I'm and you have to like buy into this shit and the movie doesn't seem interested in that shit that I think is interesting. What what didn't you like about it? Because I know you didn't like it either. I didn't like it either because it does focus so much on the gimmick and not even in the way that you expect, which is the, you know unsettling disturbing sight of people's fingernails getting ripped off and which like is a form of tor- which is a form of torture i believe and i'm like yeah I'm i think that's so sort of metaphor that the movie is going getting after yeah and that's one of the many many questions that leaves open is you know is would that be worth it would it be worth going through torture to potentially find out that you have found true love or to be disappointed by the fact that you haven't that's an interesting question the movie never acknowledges it or develops it in any way um the bigger question that doesn't show up until later is what if a test comes back 50 50 in which like one person is in love and the other person isn't also me using the term in love that's not what they're talking about they're not talking about infatuation or crush or anything akin to that they're talking about true deep love that is somehow embedded in the heart literally in the heart because that is where the that was the whole thing you said that with the poster saying that it's an early heart disease can be detected from the fingernails because of the yeah. way it's shaped and so therefore i guess love actually does re- reside in the heart it's so dumb i don't well, yeah. i didn't i didn't yeah. buy the premise i didn't sure. buy it because i didn't understand what they're trying to get at and the fact that they don't address it in any meaningful way they don't tell you this is actually it they're just dancing around this idea because they think oh, we came up with a gross idea and we're going to play it and hope that people accept that as something weird because people like those weird movies that are really about something else, right? This weird premise, but it's about something else. I, it's I not think, about that. I th- if it's I not think about I, either thing. No, and I think it just like is metaphor overload at some point because I feel like it's trying to... If you think about the fingernail thing, are you like, are they saying like... Are they doing like a Tinder thing? Are they trying to say that like, look at how we've let technology take over our relationships i feel like that's what it's getting at too and i'm like okay cool then explore that and it's not really exploring that either so i love i think i know you said you didn't buy the premise but i love the idea of no more wondering if you've chosen the right partner we're going to eliminate divorce because before you get married we'll give you this test and we'll just say it right there if it's real or not we'll know like i like i know it's like you have to accept that premise as like a sci-fi premise. And I, I, I was fine to do that. And then I don't think the movie did me right <laughs> by me accepting that. Yeah. Premise. It just like it, I, I was waiting for it to really explore that topic. And instead it's just like a very basic love triangle. Like is she or, aren't, or are they, aren't they, or 
I love the idea of the 50-50 too, like the unrequited love. One person loves and the other person doesn't. It's just all and then the question, who is it? Who's, right. who's the one who actually does love and who doesn't? That's a great question for actual drama that doesn't happen here. No, it's all interesting. I know all the all the background of it is cool to me. And like the setup of how like 87% of the population or whatever failed the test. And there was like this insecurity crisis, they called it, that followed. And like we're living, it's the movie is like post-apocalyptic, but it's post-apocalyptic in that specific post-insecurity crisis way. So like I, I really want to like this movie because I think its ideas are compelling, but it doesn't do enough with them. Like, yes, we're all achingly lonely and endlessly searching for ways to fill that void. Cool. Why are you talking so much about fingernails? <laughs> this is fucking <laughs> um, you know, there's I don't know. It's just it's too obvious and predictable, but at the same time, it's not giving me enough of you know what I I don't know what I want from it, but it didn't give me it. The chemistry I think is there between Buckley and Ahmed. I think that's there. Um and like, you know, I want it to be like, yeah, it's about rejecting the algorithm and loving finding love the right way but like i don't know if it's about that it didn't go about getting there in the right way so um i don't know i i didn't like it that much <laughs> i did either so how how little did you like it how little did you how much did you not like it I, a... I can give it one and a half we'll wow. start there because i think you're i think you're trying to figure it out live. i liked it a little more uh but barely i'm a two but like i just it's just so too generic and like if it's a it's a movie about romance and intimacy and it's not sexy it's very sexless and purposefully you know turgid if that's the right word um it's i don't know and i didn't really buy the big climactic moment either it's all it's just not a great movie it's a two-star movie for me but again love the idea of it and i think on paper like or a second draft take on this maybe i would like but like this first draft or i'm assuming it's not a first draft but to me it feels like a first draft of an idea uh because it's just hyper fixated on weird elements and the other elements i want to explore or not explored like you know i think worrying about falling into a routine and falling out of love like typical marriage people worry about problems all things that are ripe for thematic you know, interpretation uh, and ripe to be discussed. I just don't think it gets at anything. I wanted to walk away moved and I didn't, I guess. Uh, listen to your, listen to your heart. Is that the message? Don't, 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 don't listen to your fingernails. Listen to your heart. Um, all right. Let's talk about uh, forgetting Sarah Marsh girl. Oh, sorry. Uh, the Marsh King's daughter. What's got here? It's habitat. Who's a habitat for? baby deer sleeps over here inside the rocks to keep it safe from hunters smart deer Elena Erickson what are you doing with my house what's going on your father Jacob Holbrook when was the last time you spoke to him when I was 10 years old I'm confused I thought your parents died in a car accident that's what I told you He's the Marsh King guy that I heard about on the radio. He and another prisoner escaped last night. Jacob 
Holbrook, the so-called Marsh King, abducted Beth Erickson and held her for 12 years in the wilderness with the daughter she gave birth to. This certainly felt like a bad airport paperback shitty knockoff of where the crawdad's saying it certainly felt like an adaptation of one of those so i was delighted to find out it absolutely is that um you know it reeks of a knockoff trend book that's capitalizing on the success of another thing it's like after we got um gone girl they adapted every other gillian flynn thing and then like kept it on the shelf because none of the other ones were good it reminded me of, of that debacle but like as far as the movie goes it's like a leave no trace off the grid thing, but trying it's formatted as like a thriller. Okay. So the premise is a marsh girl lives on the marsh with her, with her mom and dad. She loves it. She thinks it's awesome. And then at some point her father goes to jail for crimes. And that's when she realizes that she was essentially kidnapped by her dad and held hostage by him and her life wasn't good she was she was being held against her will her and her mother and he was just this weird survivalist outdoorsy guy who kept them hostage in this house i guess so like then the movie cuts flash forward to her in the present when he's getting out of jail and then it becomes like this thriller where she must return to the marsh and and find her roots um it's every bit as stupid as it sounds. It takes itself very seriously, but is very dumb material. Um, I I thought it was quite bad, despite you know Daisy Ridley trying her best. It's just I don't know. It's exactly what it looked like to me. So I don't know. Maybe people who like the book or who like books like this would enjoy it. But I didn't care for the Crawdads movie either. Where are you I on, was, on these issues? Yeah, I always wonder where these books land because i don't really get much time to read unfortunately and i do wonder when oh, i'm watching, watching these and 15, i find out 15 movies yeah i know who the fuck it it doesn't yeah it doesn't quite leave much time for pleasure reading which is unfortunate but here i am but i do wonder you know how much more space does the novel give to her trying to adapt to having gone through that traumatic childhood that she realizes you know her mother was abducted and I believe in theory, she's the product of rape. It's not quite clear, but it seems to be that going towards that. Um, oh, yeah. There's like repressed is, memories of abuse. There's that, a like, lot of stuff. Yeah. Like, there's a Silence of the lamb style hole in the ground, I think. I'm. Sorry, yeah, serves. that's. Yep, there is. There's that. There's that. There's that element to it. And I was involved in that part of the story of her trying to adjust to being herself when she has this secret and she has this past that she doesn't want anybody to know about because she's scared of what people will think of her, that they will judge her because of what her father did. That's an interesting idea for a story. But instead, the whole thing is just building up towards the third act conflict as a thriller that doesn't work because there's going to be the question of whether or not the father is actually still around and still doing stuff. And you have to answer that question first. And that's not the most interesting question, is it? The more interesting question is how this character is adapting and trying to live with the secret now out. And I really liked some small details, like the fact that the husband isn't a jerk, isn't the obvious antagonist here. There's an attempt to have this character reach out to him. There's a really nice scene, as awkwardly staged as it is, of 
Daisy Ridley being completely vulnerable and saying, this is who I am. And I really like that moment, even though it is so strangely set up. But that's how her performance is really good here. And it's, you know, misused on this whole thriller element that doesn't need to be there when there is a very good story right there. And I didn't buy that it needs to build up to that because I don't really care that much about her literally facing off against her past in her past home and using the tools that she had to survive. It doesn't, I don't care about that stuff as much when you have this much yeah. more interesting setup you, with these characters and these relationships. You can't be an introspective character study on trauma and then like this very v- unexpectedly randomly violent thriller at the, at the yeah. same time. It that doesn't function on a basic vote. level either. The thriller doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't it, it needed to pick a direction and stay and instead it felt like a kind of like a bad book that just kept changing tack every few pages. Um yeah, you're right though. Ridley is good and it's a shame yeah. the movie is like kind of this low rent garbage. But so I mean Ben Mendelsohn's good too. And uh yeah. I I take that as a given he's going to be good when he shows up. <laughs> of course. Ben Mendelsohn is like the best. One of my favorite character actors who has graduated beyond that, I would say. Like he is yep. he's starring stuff. Um, wasn't he, he was great in Black Sea, that movie from like 12 years ago that nobody liked that I liked. Um, Garrett Hedlund's in this Brooklyn Prince from, uh, Florida Project. Florida Project. Yep. Is young, young Daisy, I believe in this. It's just not a great movie that feels like it's imitating other not great things. So it's like a knockoff of a thing that's not good to begin with. So I don't know. We just know what's happening in this before the characters do. So, like, yeah, it's like an hour, like with her, not you know, we know that he's out or coming and she doesn't. And, you know, it just it doesn't work. There's no tension. It doesn't work. Uh, one and a half, I think. Okay. Two stars for me. I'm that Daisy more. It's got you there. It's fine. She's it's, good. She's good. Oh, she's, she's good. good. And I did. I did like pretty much everything up until the third act to a degree, even though I knew it was leading to that and it was annoying that it was leading to that, but I was holding out hope. Maybe, maybe, maybe it won't go in the trauma being literalized with a big showdown in the woods. Nope. Nope. That's where it went. No, there you go. You got it. There it is. All right. Let's continue talking about cliches, but in this one, they managed to be overcome. It is radical. Here's a trailer. Yo no voy a decidir lo que van a aprender. Eso lo van a decidir ustedes. Puede ser lo que sea, ¿eh? lo que sea. Pero ¿cómo vamos a sacar buenas calificaciones? ¿Qué importan las calificaciones? ¿Habían tenido una clase? Nunca había tenido un maestro así. Señor Juárez, este lugar. A nadie le importa un carajo lo que pasa aquí. ¿Usted pidió venir aquí? ¿Para qué? Pues... Solo quería probar algo distinto. No vaya a patear el avispero, ¿ok? No, no es como que... No. Pero hoy en la escuela, ¿qué pasó? Hay un profesor que él hace las cosas diferentes. No son bancas, son botes salvavidas. ¡Sálvenlo! ¡Vamos! ¿Qué va a hacer después? ¿Convertir el patio en un salón de clases? His methods sure are unorthodox, but it's hard to argue with the results. Um, this movie couldn't be more prescriptive cliche you know every goddamn beat of it but it still works and it still manages to be charming and i need mark to explain why yeah it is very much 
uh, Eugenio Derbez's uh, Dead Poet Society moment. He even stands yes. up on the desk at one yep, point. He I'm stands like, up on okay, the desk. I know, know exactly what you're doing. Comedic actor taking on dramatic role, gonna drive for some awards and everything. You know what though? He's really good here, and the he movie is. is pretty good too. It's um, his, uh, as you said, Dead Poet Society, Dangerous Minds, Stand and Deliver, Lean on Me, Freedom Riders, uh, School of Rock counts to me. Um, there's there's more. There are many. It's an entire genre. Inspirational teacher goes to the inner city and actually helps kids who the system hasn't been helping and pays attention to them and tells them that their dreams matter and uh, and proves that they are capable. It's literally that. I just described the entire movie. So, yeah, yeah sorry. But it's go good. Yeah. But it is good. And you know why it's good? At least from my perspective, it's good because you actually see you, you said it, his methods are unorthodox, so he can't, you know, question the results. You see the process working. You see how he's doing it, how he's teaching these kids to be curious, to, you know, to just tap into that childhood curiosity and use it as a learning experience. And you see them try to figure out these, like, problems about density and buoyancy and all that stuff. I found it fascinating to just see that happen. To see You're right. put this idea in their head and then have them fulfill it on their own. It's such a simple thing, but having the method actually shown and how it works goes makes all the difference in this film You're because right. it has the really good performances and you know exactly where it's going to go and you know how it's going to get there. But the drama of it is in watching the kids actually learn. I, I don't, I don't remember. I, it's been a while since I think since I can remember a movie that's just about learning and teaching and actually the process of it and the method of it and how it happens and i was caught up you're in right it. it does make you feel like you're in the class you're like oh cool yeah. i'm learning too like i get how the flotation works and mass and all this shit you're right it is despite the fact that it's like genetically engineered to be a very feel-good inspiring movie and I, I guess it's not despite the fact it is that it tries it to be that and it absolutely nails the assignment of being that. And I feel like you could easily knock it, you know, fold your arms and go, I've seen this movie before, so why do I care? But like, you know, it's got its cultural specificity of the situation that they're dealing with, the harsh realities of like the gang culture. And like, again, all that stuff is laid on so fucking thick. It's all cliche. It's all melodrama. You could even get the like down to the like, there's specific beats that I can think of that are like every one of these movies has and it's like a big character moment. I'm thinking of the movie Hardball specifically where it really spoke to me as a child because I was of the age where it, it really hurt when that happened. But like it hits, as I said, as we keep saying, it just hits every beat you know it's going to. But man, because of that process focus, you're watching these kids just like nurture what kids show a natural interest in don't box them in for some standardized test. You definitely like walk away going like, I want to go be a teacher and infiltrate the fucking system and make, make this happen and be a radical teacher who actually teaches things and helps and doesn't care about the things that don't matter. Like it really is. It really does get your blood pumping in that way. And it's just a very strong example of a ex very predictable crowd crowd pleasing feel good cozy inspirational teacher story that's of course based on a true story allegedly yeah. yeah yeah 
It's yes, yeah, it's, it's apparently based on a real teacher who was in Mexico, and at least some of this stuff happened. Well, yeah, because um, there's like an element of like they need to raise their test scores or else, or else, or like they get a, yeah. they get a bonus if they raise the test scores. And I'm assuming that's what happened. Is like the test scores got raised because of this guy. Yeah, so he's fighting not only you know just uh, apathy because it's a bunch of kids in an impoverished area, but he's fighting other teachers who want the bonus and they want the tests to go up, and you got to teach the test. He's yeah. fighting the administration, which is corrupt, and he he's gets... fighting the parents who don't want their kids to falsely like believe their life could be better than it can be, and but he's saying it, they can, and the, some of the parents are against that, it, right? But yeah. that it actually does approach the questions like. Is that possible? Is it is or does poverty really overtake a life and yeah. and put someone in a box? Is that is that something that you have to that you have to work against and you can't work against it ultimately? It does address that eventually. It's too bad the movie. I mean, it's a movie. It's not going to answer all of society's ills in terms. I of think it should cycles of things. I know, but it does address it, which is which is appreciated. And I really like that the um. This is another one, like the husband and Marsh King's daughter, the principal who you think is going to be the antagonist in the movie. Nope, he becomes so an ally, and it's yeah. it's so yeah, really good moments in the in that relationship too. It's a good movie. It's a very it's a yep. perfect three star movie. Like perfectly yep. recommendable to like everybody. I really liked it. Yeah, I think yeah, I think if you yeah, I mean we all had a teacher who inspired us in some way. I think, or hopefully, yes. maybe that's the problem. We did so. Maybe some people didn't. Some people don't. I know. Yeah, I've and that's unfortunate. This, I've had this conversation with people, and it's so sad because, like, that to the people who have them, it's such an important thing in life. Yeah, that is like shapes your you and who you are. And then some people just don't have it, and it's it's a bummer. You're right. Uh, yeah. So if you're a teacher, yeah. I highly recommend going to see this movie. I think you'll appreciate yeah. it. And maybe you can, it will inspire you, especially if you've stopped wondering, why do I do this? Go see this movie and maybe it'll inspire you to be that inspiration for a whole bunch of kids. Absolutely. This, this guy is, this guy is inspiring as, uh, as a character and hopefully as a real person, you got to imagine that he has to be this inspiring to have an article and a movie made about him. But that's uh, yeah. Great story. Absolutely. Really good movie. Good movie. And the last movie, I was pulling for this one, too, to be good. And this one ends up being, like, well-constructed in terms of, like, a thriller. And then you realize it's completely poorly written and underwritten or something. Like, the script completely... You go, really? That's what you chose for it to be? I couldn't believe how underwhelmed I was. Here is At the Gates. Aquí vive? Mm-hmm. Está bien grande esta casa. Nico, thank you for helping today. I'm Marianne Barrett. Thanks for letting me come work here. Have you explained the rules? Peter doesn't want anyone going into his office. Yes, he won't be any trouble. Dining window, open. Patio door, open. Anna, why don't you and your son just go in the guest bedroom? The officers that came to the gate work for immigration. If you were to try to leave, they're likely waiting for you out on the street. We have a space in the basement. But we need your cell phones to make sure they stay off. Arreglaron todo esto en tan poco tiempo. Sí, ¿qué pasa? Porque está todo armado como si ya nos estuvieran esperando. Y porque solamente la puerta se abre por afuera. Yeah, were you and your former housekeeper? 
watching this trailer back just pissed me off at how manipulative this movie is at trying to be a thriller, but also it really is like a socially conscious message movie that wants to like say stuff at the same time that it's being a very manipulative thriller. Uh, so with while, without giving it away, Mark, talk me through this. What did, why didn't you like this? Yeah, I, I didn't not like it. Okay. I did not not like it. I'm I'm on the fence on this one. I'm on the okay. fence on this one. And you're right. It's because the thriller element's overwhelming, and it doesn't need to do that because it is trying to make a, it is trying to state a message, and it's a good message, and it's a message worth stating, and it's a message worth exploring. But unfortunately, it's more about the thriller and the question: What is going on here? So it is um, a woman, an immigrant from an undocumented immigrant from El Salvador. Correct. It's been a couple. It's been a while since I saw it. I believe it's yeah. El Salvador, sure. uh, who escaped with her son, and they're both undocumented, and he's about to go to college. She's been cleaning houses of rich people for a long time to make ends meet, and they're cleaning the house together uh, so that he can get some money because he's going to college and he needs some money. And the cops show up. And not just the cops, but Immigration and, custom and, and Customs yeah, Enforcement ice. shows up at the gate. And so the family hides them but then the son realizes wait this is a little too convenient that the cops show up and there is this whole room set up for us already to hide in and all this stuff and maybe there's something nefarious going on here and that becomes the big question is what is actually going on here and it does it is manipulative there are scenes that happen here that where characters have conversations that feel like they're for us this yeah. is not these two characters talking. The these are two yeah. characters talking, aware that an audience is watching them, wondering if there's something going on here, if there's something sinister happening here. It doesn't feel authentic in that way. And I wish it had done it because it does address some ideas about prejudice, about inherent prejudice, like the fact that Miranda Odo's character thinks they're from Mexico, even after she tells them they're from El Salvador. Um, yeah, she that thinks kind of it's stuff. part of Mexico or something. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. little stuff like that. Just like, is it? Is there something... You know, sinister, or is it just ignorance that needs to be addressed? It's the movie and, fucking with you to try to get you on its one side or the other, which and en- it ends up being that. Yeah, yeah, that's where I have a problem with it. If it had just been up front at the start and said, "This is what the stakes are. This is what's actually happening. These are who these characters are and what they want." It could have gone somewhere and had a conversation about the things it wants to have a conversation about, but instead, it's stuck in this thriller element, and some of it works. Um, I do appreciate that it's low key in terms of the thriller. It's about like looking around the house and trying to avoid and trying to talk around. Stuff. Yeah. But then there's all this other stuff going on where, you know, oh, I have to make sure I close this drawer when the, the guy isn't looking. And it's so contrived in that small way that you can really tell, oh, this is incredibly contrived. Setting up that window early on, you can see everything coming a mile away. And like, there's such a good premise here and there's so many good ideas about prejudice and about understanding people about genuinely understanding people and instead we get all this stuff that's just a, a distraction and a deflection from what what it wants to actually say yeah it has such interesting you think at first you think it has interesting dynamics to explore about like privileged white people having the help you know immigrants who are undocumented in their house and the power dynamic there and how like they feel like, you know, imprisoned, essentially. Like, I feel like that's what it's trying to get at. But instead, it 
makes it this thriller where you don't know if if it's are they being imprisoned or are these white people being helpful? And from the movie's point of view, you're like the white people can't be being helpful because it keeps showing me how like she doesn't know where El Salvador is and she sees a tattoo on his neck and thinks he's in a gang member based on the look on her face and shit like that. So like the movie is just playing both sides in a way that I didn't appreciate. And I wish it had a, an actual point of view and an actual thing to say instead of like gesturing at concepts and then making a really like bad thriller around it. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. That is basically, I think what we're, our, both of us had the same problem with it is that there are ideas to explore here and it doesn't bother with them as much as it could have just so that it can have this mind twisting. Is it what's real and what is it thriller going on? And that's too bad. Yeah. I was just surprised at the turn it took when it reveals what is going on. I was like, Oh, well that's le- much less interesting than I was led to believe. Uh, it just like, it also aligns with the point of view that I didn't expect it to align with. And I just don't know if the movie's even like trying to, like, I just don't think, I think it's too inept to be like getting at anything with that move. I think it was just kind of backed itself into a corner with the thriller element <laughs> kind of had, yeah. to, had to solve it. Uh, it was hard to talk about a movie without revealing it in that way. So sorry for us talking around it, but I would say this is a thriller where at first it might seem engaging and the more it goes on and the more is revealed, the less you realize it has to say and the less interesting it is. And you realize there's not a lot actually going on and they're just kind of spinning their wheels with like half of an idea that's not really fully formed. So I'm two stars on at the gates. I'm two and a half, but I caught on the performances are really good. I mean, we can, we can, we can, I think we can agree on that. Yeah. I like, I've always liked Miranda yeah, Otto and it's cool to see too. her in the lead and Noah Weil. I haven't seen it. He's back. Ages. Yeah. Yeah, and he's the librarian, the librarian himself. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's just disappointing ultimately because it starts yeah. off compelling, I would say. Um, and that was seven movies this week for another uh, eight. Is that how many or more are on your website for another eight movies? Yeah. Go to mark <laughs> go to markreviewsmovies.com for like double what we talked about and plus one. And then next week um, we'll be back. Hopefully next week I will have seen. The Killer, which will be out on Netflix by next Friday. And then Priscilla, I'm hoping to see also. Mark has seen it. You can read his review on his website. And uh, anything else? Next week is supposed to be... Oh, I have to flag that I'm just not going to see the Marvel movie. I'm sorry, guys. I have a baby. I have priorities. And seeing a Marvel movie just can't be one of them at this point in my life. I just don't care. If it's somehow good and people tell me to see it, I'll make time. All I know about this movie, Mark is it's a debacle that is already costing them money. It's already being talked about as if it's a bomb. It hasn't even opened yet. Nia DaCosta, the director, left before post-production was done to go do something else. Or uh, It's just all crazy. She's already talked shit about it on podcasts and said that it's a Kevin Feige movie, not her movie. So hard to muster up encouragement uh, to get leave the house when, you know, I can leave the house and see movies nowadays. It's not impossible. But I have to be more selective. So marvels and uh we'll see uh, well case by case yeah there's a couple coming up in the next few weeks that i'm i'm gonna make an effort to go see them i'm seeing the marvels i'm doing my homework of course of it's course homework now i finished i finished miss marvel last night and i started secret invasion last night you're an insane person don't you because it's how homework. dare you i know how I know. dare you like 
uh, uh, you know, give in to the machine and watch all the crap they want you to watch. I refuse Look, to watch my, Disney TV program. I know. Here's, I tried in the past. It's just terrible. I, I appreciate the idea that the language now seems to be moving away from the television stuff. And so hopefully yeah. there won't be as many homework assignments to be able to follow the plot of a movie. Um, but we'll find out. So I'm doing my homework on this one. And um, Unbelievable. yeah, I won't we'll be doing that. But commend, I know you won't. All, and that's fine. Try. I get it. I, I was commend Mark. It. I commend Mark. I also am right now at this very moment. I'm missing a Hunger Games screening. And once I found out that movie was two hours and 45 minutes, I also noped out. So I think that's another one I'll miss. So there's some big movies I'm missing that are arguably, well, definitely going to be the biggest of their respective weeks and arguably the biggest of the year. So I apologize for that. I feel bad. Trust me. I have weird FOMO about missing movies I don't even want to see because I set myself this assignment that it does feel like homework, Mark, to see every movie every week. And I do want to follow it. So we're just getting a little looser now in the baby era. Fuck the Marvels. If it's good, you know what? Mark, we'll still talk about it next week. I'll still, so yeah, I'll still talk about I'll it. I'll get least. a, I'll get, I'll, I'll be an interviewer next week and I'll ask about all about it. So you'll still hear about it. This disclaimer was not needed, but I'm glad we talked for extra few yeah. minutes. Anyway, we need to talk about it. We got to just keep talking. All right. Uh, bye. The show starts in one...
जय जन साहब शादा खुश